Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm Swan. One I'm, of, I'm Mala. Yes, and, and Mala is actually here with me today. I know the last few podcasts I talked about her being at the gallery. Um, we're retired public educators, and so when Mala retired, she took up her passion for painting. So tell them what you do. Well, I'm, I'm every day I'm pa- I'm painting with a palette knife. So I come out of that studio just full of paint, but happy. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, show my work at Art on Twelve in Wimberley, and I have a wall. And yeah, you guys have to take a peek at it. Yeah, she's way good. Um, although now she's having to deal with a Hobbit, not her favorite, but it seems to be. <laughs> no. The fans are calling for another Hobbit house, so <laughs> she's having fun with that. And uh, and I, when I retired, um, my passion was actually writing and being an advocate for teachers still in the classroom because I find that sometimes when you work for a district or a company. You, you can't always say certain things. And right. so Mal and I decided we could be the voice to say what needed to be said without, you know, breaking any kind of ethics or violations. And so, and, and I say there's always a backstory, no matter where you work. And those are the things that kind of drive some of the decisions and the behaviors, but they're things that you just really can't talk about. So we're going to be the bad guys here. So anyway, um, I I retired in 2018 and then I I wrote a book, believe it or not, in 2019 called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. And it highlights a five-year period in my teaching career where I just couldn't believe I was standing in the middle of this teaching environment. Um, it, It was basically standing in a warehouse. And so, and there were other issues going on. And I, and I thought, you know what, um, I need to write about this because there's people in all walks of life that take a job and, and think, you know, I'll never have to do this. Well, believe it. <laughs> you may have to find yourself, you know, standing in the middle of chaos. And what do you do? And so, you know, I had a choice. I could have said, oh, I can't do this. I could have gone into the lounge and complained and whined or uh, I could stand up and be a part of the solution. And thank God, because Mala was there uh, with me and my cronies in the breakfast club that supported me. And we just decided, you know what, we're going to make this work. And so um, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, if you're uh, walking in chaos or, you know, this year and probably last year, teachers are in the middle of what's next because you've had a pandemic and we've had a freeze and we've had no water and electricity. And you're saying, I can't believe this is happening. So... Now's the time to read my book. And I guess the moral of the story is, no matter where you are or what you're doing, success is always going to be up to you. So uh, you can find Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat on my webpage, itchihuahuabat.com or amazon.com. So today I'm so excited because, you know, Mala and I are in our studio together. We laugh at studio anyway. We're at the house. And so I need to put out there that if you hear a dog bark or the doorbell ring, just ignore it because we're going to ignore it. Yeah, we have to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> they love to, you know, the dogs love to bark at the people on the street. So anyway, but we're real excited. Um, we know that spring break is just around the corner for many of your teachers. And you're just at a point where you need a break. You just do, especially this year. You've had so much thrown at you. And so one of the things that um, we love to do during spring break was to go to Cuernavaca, Mexico. And this was kind of our home away from home. This is where we went to kind of recharge, 
um, to energize, to find new ideas because we were forever creating units for our classroom. And we wanted them to be authentic. We wanted it to be things that we really mm-hmm. experienced and saw and did in country, not just what was in, in the textbook. And so um, spring in Cuernavaca was was wonderful. And, and I don't know, for me, we stayed with um, Senora. We've talked about her quite a bit. And um, so many funny, quirky things that, you know, happened staying with her. And I want to say one of the things that, that I liked the most, and we were always, you know, walking up the hill to her house. I always remember her leaning over the balcony. Yeah, I do too. And we could hear in the distance, you know, hola, hola, chicas. And so we would raise up and go, what are you doing, senora? You know, obviously in Spanish because she did not speak any English, and um, you were reminding me of, you know, she always blessed us when we, you know, we left for the day, and she would always pray for us because of the winds. Do you remember that? I do remember, and you know, uh, we did some, uh, I would say, say volunteer work at that little orphanage, a little street where the little street kids were, and that's where I understood about the praying for the wind. Okay. It's an Indian it's an Indian superstition, indigenous, I should say, right. superstition. Right. And no matter how educated our little senora was, mm-hmm. she still made sure when we left every morning, she would pray that the evil winds mm-hmm. would make us sick. Sick, yes, mm-hmm. and she believed that. And so, yeah. yeah, and some of the people, you know, we would talk about that, maybe modern day, you know, people in Mexico might look down at that. But we loved, we loved all the little oh, I did senora-isms. Yeah. Uh, one of the, now, she had help in her home she had a gardener and she had a, a for the most of the time we were there she had a, a live-in I would say maid would yeah. be the right term right. and this this poor little maid her name was Micaela I bet she was maybe five foot at the most she was indigenous and I mean tiny little thing and she would I can remember the first time I met her she was coming down the marble stairs in Senora's home and she was just you couldn't even see her because she was changing the sheets so this bundle of sheets came walking very slowly down the marble steps and so Senora said you know Micaela you know she was presenting us and this tiny little head you know peeked around and I could see you know beads of sweat on her forehead because this lady worked she worked and that was kind of her place at the time. And um, she did everything from Senora. But, and we would try to help Micaela out, and we would get in trouble. So we would have to be very sneaky. But the Senora, if she wanted anything like... Um, like She's sitting at the table. Yes. The salt shaker is maybe a foot, maybe a foot away. Uh-huh. And what does she say, Susan? Here she goes. She goes... Mikaela, and she's yelling because Mikaela is probably upstairs, you know, cleaning bathrooms or something. And she'd say, this little voice would go, boy, and she'd come down the house and she'd say, you know, dame la salt, you know, give me the salt. And so poor Mikaela would stop her chores, come down, get the salt and put it in front of Senora. Yeah, and I, the first time I saw that, I just kind of looked at Mala. <laughs> My mouth dropped. Yes, yeah. yeah, and we were just, it. we couldn't believe it. And one time I went, "Oh, oh no, it's okay, I'll do it." And she slapped my hand. She's like, "No, no, Mikael." <laughs> she would do that again. Oh, no. It would be dame mi medicina. 
And so her medicine was literally right behind her on the buffet. I mean, she wouldn't barely turn her shoulder to get it. But for me, I had to go walk down the stairs and get the medicine, put it on a silver tray and put it in front of the senora. So everything was very structured. And honestly, I, I did not like it, of um, course not, because, mm-hmm. you know, you wanted to hug Micaela. You sure did. But the thing about it is, that was her culture. That was. And the yes. culture, I don't know if y'all ever read the book, like Water for Chocolate, but her oldest daughter stayed with her her lifetime. No, it's her youngest. Was oh, Rosie the youngest? Oh, she's the youngest. Right, right, oh, right. you're right, you're right. Rosie, she's the youngest. youngest yeah. Oh, thank you. That's okay. Yeah, stayed with her and... What a waste. Yeah. And took care of her mother. And that was, yeah, that she was, was expected. To she do was expected that. to, and the mother expected it. And yep. every one of those sisters expected it. They did. And they so, all married and went yeah. off. You know? So that what old culture it? was still alive and well. It was. Mm-hmm. It and, was. And that was learning for me. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, here we were from the States and, you know, we just looked down on, on some of those things. But it was almost some of the best part, I think. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Because we learned and we, and yeah. we, we love yeah. Senora. Oh, we did. And, and she was funny. And um, she had a fear of what she called animalitos, which to us were like little insects. And so we would be doing, I don't know, whatever, studying or something. And we'd hear her scream, chicas, chicas, are you the man? You know? So we'd be like, oh, my God, she's dying, you know, because she was a, a diabetica. She was diabetic. And so we were always conscious of her health. And so we'd run upstairs and we'd be, what, what, what? And she'd be pointing to a little animalito. Well, at this point, we're standing in the shower and there's this little gecko. I guess it came out of the drain. Well, she wasn't uh-huh. having it. Uh-uh. And so she told us, you know, to go to the store. We'll get a tape willy, tape willy. We didn't know what a tape willy was. But no. we went down to the store. I was like... Where's the fuller brush band that used to have all those little plastic? Anyway, it was just a little like a plastic lid or like a stopper that she wanted to put over her drains because of the animalitos, you know. The the fact remains, we did everything and anything. Yes, we did. She wanted us to do. Absolutely. We certainly did. I think that, um, I want to say the biggest culture shock for me was, you know, Senora had a washer and a dryer. And, and she, it took her years to get that. She would host students in her home and she would be compensated financially for that. And she would take that money, you know, and like buy new bedding and, and things like that. They were quite expensive for her at the time. And she was a single, you know, mom with what, these six girls. Yeah. And so her husband had passed no social security in her system no. at that time. So, no. you know, housing students from the school that we attended was, was good money. And a lot of the families did that. But she did finally save up enough money to get like a washer and a dryer. Right. But you did not use those because that was just to do the sheets, the laundry, That's the right. bedding. Yeah. And at first we were kind of like, you know, I'm going to go put my stuff in the washer. No, 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 puede, no, puede. no. Okay. Well, why not? Oh, no. And so, you know, then Mala explained to me it was very expensive to run the washer in the dryer. So they did that rarely and just to do the bedding. So I was like, well, then what do we do? <laughs> I was like, come on. So if you go out of Senora's house, there's this gorgeous patio with a fountain and her sculpture plants. And then I guess they had turned in, she had two rooms behind her that she yes, could she lease did. out. Uh-huh. And then there were stairs that went up on top of these two rooms. And so. Video. 
Yep. And that was our, yes, La Media. And up we go. And there's this, what, concrete, like, bowl or yeah, sink, a block. Like with a wash, a wash tub, kind of. Yes. Right and in it. Yes, and we had borax soap and a, like a scrubber brush. Yeah, that's right. And that's how we washed our clothes. And we were just up there going, wow, we're just like pioneer women. Yeah, <laughs> washing our, our clothes. view was really pretty. Yeah, because we could look all over the city. But anyway, but, but then you had to hang it on the line. So you, you learn to take very uh, sensible, conservative right. undergarments because everybody, the whole saw. everybody saw what you wore. So anyway, I think that was one of the, the most culture shocks of um, washing my clothes with borax yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a cement sink. And, and, I, and they were pretty stiff the next day yeah. when we took them off the line. So fortunately, we learned there was like a dry cleaners up the hill. Everywhere we went from Senora's house was up a hill. So we finally pooled our, our pesos, and, <laughs> and every what week or so, we would go take our clothes to the dry cleaner just so we didn't have to wear our stiff borax clothing. So, you know, one anyway. story about going up that hill, Susan, that I that I can tell. Yes. When we first got there, when we walked up the hill, the dogs were barking at us. But after one week of corn tortillas, I guess that's when we sweat. Sweat. <laughs> Didn't bark at us anymore. anymore because yeah we weren't the, the, yeah. the green ghosts anymore yeah. and um I, I would say yeah we always went to school every day in the morning from like what eight to one well school started at nine but we would leave at eight you know because we had to go by the panaderia and get our refreshments and oh, our treats wow. yeah. i love the panaderia see i warned you about the dogs so they anyway um we would go in, and it was just the smell was so intoxicating. I mean, it would just knock you over. And then we would be in there like little kids with our nose pressed up against the glass, uh, trying to decide what we wanted. I mean, there was all kinds of sweetbreads and cookies and, you know, cakes and things. But the cakes were what we took home in the evening when we would have, like, just our coffee and cake in the evening. But, you know, for the merienda, boy, we would go in there and we would load up. We would also try to bribe the... Professor, estimado professor, our teacher. Right. One thing that another cultural uh, oddity to me was when you went into the the panaderia, you don't just pick out your what you do. You pick out your sweets. Uh-huh. But then you go to one caja. Yes. Then the next caja, which is like a cashier. But it's not like in the U.S. where there's one cashier, one checkout, right? check get it right. together, go. Oh. It's this one to this That's one right. to this one. And also the banks are that way, too. That's true. It was like an assembly line kind of thing. And I think it's the way to hire a bunch of people. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. You know, I really do. Yeah, because I think jobs were, were kind of scarce down there. But anyway. But that, uh, to me, I, you know, so odd. Right. Okay, now where do I go next? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then, you know, they kind of got used to us, you know, yeah. they would call us, the, you know, the senoras, they, they would get used to us because they would see us, you know, every summer. I think Mariana, we got to be good friends with her. Um, I can remember one time we would play with her and um, she would say, so what did you bring me today? And we would say, <laughs> I'd say, oh, nothing. And she goes, I want a rich American or I want you, did you bring me a rich man? You know, and I think we were playing at the time. Antonio Banderas had been down there and he'd filmed some movie. Was it Desperados? Uh, the Desperado, I think, were the, the Cafe Universal was. So he had been down there and so she was in love with him. And so one day we said, we brought you a rich 
a rich hombre. And she goes, oh, really? Who is it? It was a picture of like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> so she kept him up our cash register. So we, we played with her um, quite a bit. So anyway, yeah, the panaderia, that was our fun. Um, not that we were supposed to eat the sweets, but, <laughs> but we did. Yeah. And so I always remember um, right across the street was this place called Bikingos. Do you remember yes. Bikingos? Oh, yeah, Bikingos. And to us, it was just like a... What would it be like today? Maybe a gym's kind of a restaurant? Yeah, a, little, a, little, a little burger joint? Uh, it's a little bit higher than a gym's. Right. A little bit so, higher. But yeah. It was sort of the American hangout. Hangout, yeah. So if we felt like we needed just a, a little hamburger. dose of English or American yeah. culture, we would go to, yeah, yeah. Bikingos and order a, a hamburguesa. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and I do remember one time, and, and a lot of times we would go to school and then we would go home and then we would have comida, which was, you know, late in the afternoon, two or three. Wonderful meal. Oh my gosh. Big, wonderful meal, which is why the people did siestas. That's I right. Mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but you wouldn't eat very much at night. You would just have a snack. So um, if ever we would go to school and then, you know, we would sneak down and probably get a, you know, an hamburger. So we'd have to split it because if we didn't eat the meal, it would have been, it would have been an insult. Yes, it would have. Yeah. And then if we went on excursions, Senora knew and she wouldn't prep. She would just no. send us with a sandwich or yeah. some kind of food. Cause that was part of the tuition she had to feed us. But um, I know one time we, um, I guess we were coming back from an excursion. We were like, you yeah, know, we got to eat. So we went in and this was, you know, the culture shock for me is um, they had like chocolate cake, you know, in the little oh, the yeah. cake stand. And so I ordered a piece of chocolate cake, not realizing that in Mexico, they don't frost the layers in between. Do you remember they put oh, the yeah. jelly? And so here That's you are right. taking a big bite of the chocolate cake and you're like, Orange marmalade. <laughs> what is that doing? It. Oh, that's true. Remember that? I forgot about that. Right. And yeah. later on, you know, um, when I was teaching with some of my um, colleagues, and they would make cake, and they're, you know, culturally their heritage was from Mexico, and they would put like grape jelly in the middle. Yeah. And if you're not used to it, it's just sort of a shocking. It is a shocking taste. Yeah. So anyway, I know that was that was one of the things that we did. We snuck chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't supposed to. And then one other, one other story that has to do with us walking home. Oh, God. I got this brilliant idea. You know, Susan, I really would like some sandals. I've been the good at ones, right? The with good ones with the uh, tire tread on the, the bottom. tire tread on the bottom. Guarachis. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but I, you know, we kept passing that this yes. uh, this place though, and I thought, you know what? I, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to buy. We're going to get new ones. Yeah, and well, you, yeah. you bought some. We too. did because we knew we were going to be going up to Josefa, the little school. That's right. Then we had, you know, ride the ruta. We'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, yeah. And so we wanted to get good sandals that lasted all summer. That's right. That's Not the right. American cute ones. No, 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 no. So we buy these sandals. We get home. Cheryl gets black because she's tired of the oh yeah the real leather i get the real leather i yeah. don't know why yes and and we talk about you know when you get the real leather shoes yeah. you have to wear socks with them because the color of the leather rubs off right and so i was like well, great i'm gonna have orange socks and you're like well i'm gonna have to wear black socks because i have black sandals so right. we're just laughing 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 yeah so here we go we get up the next morning and this idiot <laughs> Black T-shirt, red shorts, because it was hot, you know. 
and she's got on her black socks and her black sandals. And so and I have really skinny she legs. She has really skinny freckle legs. <laughs> so I had on my white socks with my uh, you know regular leather sandals. But you know we we didn't have our tans yet. We had really white legs. So we go walking into the school and we're standing there talking. And one of the directors, Vivi. <laughs> I mean, she's way across the lobby, goes, oh, my God, what are you doing wearing those ugly black socks? And so Cheryl being a smartass just says, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Smartass. Mrs. Smartass, yes. When you went, oh, my God, these are new sandals. Yes, I said, well, uh, Susan is one who walks with, with black, black socks. Yes, <laughs> we're getting in touch with our indigenous, indigenous. roots. Yeah. Yes, so we they call me black socks. So anyway, and, that was so. Funny. And the reason this director was important to us is because mm-hmm. she eventually hired us to do presentations to teachers that came down. Yes, yeah, she did. So yeah. she was worried about our attire. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and we did clean up for the presentation. Well, of course yeah. we did, but yeah. oh my gosh, that would have our skin would have I would have been orange and you would have been black I ankles. Yeah. That would have been yeah, with my freckles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. We were just, you know, we just dove into the culture. We really did. We yeah. tried to blend and in. Laugh. Yeah. It was funny. And we liked it. I mean, you know, they still knew we were Americans, but we got pretty close through yeah. the years. We did. We had know. a lot of good friends. We and did. We did, we did one did. time decide that we wanted to go where Emiliano Zapata was born. But, and then Equilco, I think, yeah. is, yeah. So anyway, we did our first bus trip just freely yeah we get on this bus and of course we're not you know the schedules in mexico sometimes they're right sometimes they're not nobody really cares i think it's the 420 bus that's right yeah yeah, it's australia they order something yeah yeah but but the thing about it is the people there know the right route yes they do we 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 didn't we read yeah. We read the schedule. And we believed it. And we, and we believed it. So we were going, going to, <laughs> to see him where Emiliano Zapata was born. Yes. We get on the bus, and, of course, we get off at some so guy. We don't even know. You know some village. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it was the end of the line. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't go any further. And I look at Susan. I just start laughing. laughing. <laughs> and I said, well, I wonder if we're going to make it back to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, well, I'm directionally challenged. I was yeah. like, "Don't look at me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at her. Yes. But anyway, so you know, what we do. We find a real cute little restaurant. We talk. <laughs> we do. You know, we go to some kind of mass that's yeah. in the middle of the week. week we which don't we don't know. even know, but it was such a pretty cathedral. It, it was gorgeous. It we was gorgeous. It. Yeah. And, and we were always learning. Look yeah. how they do that. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah. And these people just next to us just. Well, we're going to show you what to do. You yes. just don't you worry. Yes. You want to come home and eat with us? And we said, well, no, because we, we are mm-hmm. senior. What is, she's going to worry. She's going to worry. Yeah. And and she did bless us. And we laughed, yeah. you know? <laughs> so we do have a blessing on yeah. us, you know. Yes. And they laughed. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we're all in Spanish, which yes. is so good for me, Susan, me. because I've been out of the classroom so long right. that 
you know, any time that I can use the language, yes. yeah, and yeah. people can love on me and make yeah. me feel comfortable hey, using happy. it. Yeah, happy. I'm happy. Yes. So it was a great experience. We got back on the right bus because they put we us did. on the right bus. Yeah. And we got home <laughs> in the time for Medienda. Yes. Time, but, we did. but we said nothing. Yeah. We did not tell. We just had a great day. It was a great day. We just, you know, saw a lot of new things. So, yeah. And so, uh, we did um, not have any trouble uh, coming up with problem-solving units because everything in country we did ended up being a problem that we had to solve. That's right. Yes, that was one of them, getting lost. With uh, the language. With the language, yes. So everything we did was authentic and real because we had done it. But there's this one time uh, where, uh, and you know, and Bob had come down. Usually Cheryl and I would fly out and then um, Bob would drive a lot of times or fly. Her husband. And then my husband, usually he would fly because he was home with my kids. They were teenagers at the time. So, but this time Bob had driven down because we were going to load up the car with, you know, realia for the classroom. And I remember we, we hear this Ay, caramba, que barbaridad. This man is yelling outside. And so, we, you know, we're and Senora's upset. And we jump up and we run down. And, and it was uh, Don Francisco. And I think he was like, alguien robó los faros. Remember, yeah, someone yeah, had yeah. stolen the headlights out of Bob's car. And we're just like, what? How can that be? So anyway, and he's mad. And he and Bob are down there, you know, and they're, you know, brainstorming as to what to do and then and then Bob tells us because you know he has a car that he can't drive and right. he's got to fly back to the states Bob tells us well you're just gonna have to go to the police department and get the report because you had insurance right. from Sanborns but right. you had to have a, a report from the police department to file on insurance and we're like the police department <laughs> how do we do that <laughs> so anyway yeah off we go well yeah and I do remember we had to drive that car yes, we did. to the police station because they had to come out and inspect it and take a picture of it. So here we go in the car trying to go to the police station. I don't know where the heck I'm going, you know. And um, Cheryl's driving and I'm trying to navigate and read the map. So, you know, we get lost, God. I don't know how many times we go yeah. around the block. I don't know how many times. And we, we finally get to <laughs> the police station. And we're the only two American people here, right? And they're all kind of staring at us like, what have these ladies done? Yeah, yeah, really, what are they doing? So so we wait and wait and wait in the line and we we get up to the, you know, the the taqui and and the lady. We try to explain to her in Spanish what we need. And then, you know, she points, we've got to go get another line because each little... the caja thing. The caja thing. Each one deals with a certain kind of issue or crime. So we wait in that line. This nice lady takes her info, of course, sends us to the waiting room. Right. And we just need one form, right? And I think we got there, what, 10 o'clock in the morning? And I think at 4 o'clock, we were still sitting yeah, in the waiting were. room because they kept saying, and this nice young man finally explained to us that, you know, they kept taking breaks throughout the day. You yeah. Know, oh, yeah, they'll just be right back. They had to go on break. And we were like, man, in the States, what, you get one in the morning, one in the afternoon, but these yeah. people went on break whenever. And so, but we didn't say a word because we needed that form. We had to have so, so there we are. We're sitting in there, and there's, there's people sitting around. 
And there's this, he's a young guy. I want to say, I don't want to maybe 18, maybe he was yeah. sitting there. And, and I don't know what you said. You started speaking to him in Spanish at first, you know, and I thought, okay, here she goes. <laughs> we're in jail. <laughs> we're in jail, yeah. And so we were talking, and I think that they said, I think at the time Clinton was, president uh-huh. and they brought up something because all of a sudden we somehow got onto politics which we try not to do and all the people in the room kind of perked up and they were you know they were uh-huh. they were asking us questions about you know Clinton and we were like well you know we didn't know what to say yeah and and I do remember um because at the time there were some issues about some inappropriate behavior in the White House that had gone on and and they lo- love telling novelas. Oh my God! So Clinton was yeah. important to them. Oh yeah, boy. And what was so interesting, were you know, there were so many people in the U.S. that were just outraged at that, you know, behavior. I mean, are mm-hmm. you going to do it? Sure, but do you have to do it in the Oval Office? That was kind of that thing. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they wanted to impeach him and all that good stuff. And and so, but they were like, eh, he's yeah. a man. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. A, Men are going to do what they want to do. And they said, but, you know, has he done anything good for the country? And then we were like, oh, yeah, 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 there's that. You know, so, you know, we kind of had a a learning moment there. But anyway, what would you say? Maybe five, six hours later. Yeah, we finally got the form. But then the officer had to escort us. He had to go see the car. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes. And so then it took all day at the police station. And then, you know, we, we finally got home. We did miss comida because who knew it was going yeah, to yeah. be that long. And so you had to worry. She's like, oh, I don't know if you go to the police station. But we had to. We yeah. had, we she had was area of the police station. Oh, yeah. Did not trust it yeah, at that, all. That was another cultural thing. Oh, too. yeah. Did yeah. not trust it. Mm-hmm. Was trying to give us advice. And yeah. you know, don't you know, uh-huh. don't leave your purse. Don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. And we're like, okay, senora. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. So anyway. Our, uh, she yeah. was very protective and loving of us. Really was. And yeah. And I do know she would take it. There might be other people there when we were there. Uh, we went for so many years in a row. Of course, Cheryl, you went before you know I ever went. So yeah. you had a long history with her. But um, I do remember the people would kind of notice the attention that mm-hmm. we had. Of course, we were older. Sometimes there were young students, right. college, college kids yeah. coming through and didn't quite have the, I would say, the manners that right. was expected that right. Senora wanted. Right. And, of course, we did. We were just older. Yeah. But um, it was it would be kind of obvious that we would get you yeah. know, special exactly. treatment and things like that. And we kind of just had to explain to the people mm-hmm. off to the side that, yeah. that we had truly earned that, that we had not – um, you know, she won playing favorites or anything no. like that. I was I was going to say back to the car story. So I do remember that Bob gets a report. Do you remember this? And he comes back down because he's got to drive the car back. However, you know, he was doing sandboards on the other side. Was it down in Laredo or something? That's right. Yeah. So he had to drive the car there to file the claim. So how do you drive back without headlights, right? And he, he couldn't buy them down there. So he went to Senora's son-in-law, had like an auto. Didn't he have some kind of a shop or something? Actually, it was a TV repair shop. It was, it was a TV repair shop. So off we go. And they were going to help out Bob. And so, yeah. so he could drive home. Drive home. In San Antonio. The, yes. And the point was 
that there was this tunnel he was going to have to go through, and he had city, and he had to have some kind of headlights to get through that tunnel because it was black. He wouldn't be able to see. Otherwise, he'd just drive in the daytime. Yes. And so um, Chewie and them came up with the Schwinn bicycle lights. (laughs) They installed them for Bob's headlights, and I think he had, what, one foot visibility? The funny thing was, Chewie would stand and say, okay, put the lights on, see how high they are. (laughs) And we were just sitting there watching. (laughs) Bob drove back with the bicycle lights. Now, here's the thing. He not only drove back, but he beat us back. He sure did. I mean, we were flying, okay? Yeah. And this man was... I don't know. He was consumed. He was. He was up before the rooster, the dadgum rooster crowed, and then he was, yeah, he beat us. He truly did. Yeah, tell him about the rooster. Oh, my God. So, you know, Cuernavaca is, they call it the city of eternal spring. So it's pretty much like 70, maybe Mm -hmm. 75. And so it's gorgeous. And so there's no need, really, for air conditioning. And so Senora might have had some ceiling fans in a couple of rooms. So... And the room we normally stayed in, it had like two twin beds. It had this big, big picture window. Yeah. And so you could open the window and close it. But we often left it open because we wanted the cool breeze. <laughs> so Monday through Friday, um, we would always be awakened by this rooster sure. that yeah. crowed. And I mean, it crowed and crowed and crowed. And we were just like, she will be like, kill it. Let's eat it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so uh, we... Uh, yeah, the rooster, but he was our alarm clock, I have yeah, to say. Was. Yeah, and, this was back before cell phones. That's yeah, right. and so we, we were in the city. Yeah, we were in the city. So that's you were that daggum rooster. A rooster. Yes, it was the neighbor behind her wall, yeah. her concrete wall, yeah. had chickens and a rooster, and he croaked every morning. And so we would cuss that thing because, you know, even on Saturdays and Sundays yeah. when we could sleep in and we didn't have to go to school, guess who's up at 435 in the morning? Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Senor Gallo. So, uh, but, you know, I, you know, we would start with the rooster crowing and then you might hear someone cough or sneeze and then you'd hear the pat, pat, pat. They'd start making and the what tortillas. About, what about the... Uh, the vendors. Yeah, and then you the would street. hear the tortillas, and he would hear right. ring, ring, and he'd be on his little bicycle yep. <laughs> selling tortillas in his little basket. And I think Senora, what, she'd throw us some pesos, and we'd have yeah. to go get him yeah. off of his. So we would hear that. So really, I mean, the city would just kind of come alive as soon as that. And you know what I learned when I started traveling, even like to Europe? Uh-huh. I'm like, to wake up with the city. I do too. And that's that's what happened to I, us. I would describe it. The book is kind of a symphony yeah, of sounds, yeah. you know, and you would you and would smells. get used to it. And smells, and yeah. Smells too. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like fresh tortillas, you know, being cooked on the, well, the carbon. One time we were just so full of ourselves, we were gonna go to Puebla because I wanted to oh, see I the, remember you know, the French, you know, were defeated at Puebla and Yes, yeah. So I wanted to see Puebla. And also liar. that's where all the Beautiful Talavera is mm. made. The factories are there. So we did go. go there. We did go there. Yes. And that is, Bob was with us too. Yes, he cause, was. Because we drove. Yes, he was and, uh, So anyway, Senora said, she never asked us to do anything, no. really. And, and she said, you know, Puebla is so well known for their... Uh, Chiles en Hogadas. Chiles, Chiles en Hogadas. Yes. And we thought, okay, let me write it down. So we wrote down. So we wrote it down. Yeah. 
And I, oh, yeah. Okay, so then we said, yeah, we'll bring it we'll back. Bring it. How many do you want? Yeah, like, yeah. Dos. Dos, okay. okay. Chiles, okay, all right. Yeah. So, okay, we can do so that. So we get to Pueblo, and the first thing we do is go to the market to buy chiles, right? And so <laughs> I say to the lady, I was like, you know, yo, yo, quisiero um, dos chiles en nogadas. Yeah. And she's like, chiles? You see, chiles en nogadas. And this uh-huh. is the dos chiles. And, she's, and she was trying to tell me it was like, Four chiles for the price of for two pesos yeah. or something like that, and I was like, okay, bueno. So I bought these four. We bought these four chiles, wrapped them up, put them in the car, and off we went to go sightsee. And we were so happy because we had done. Oh wow, something great for Senora. Yes. We get home at supper time, and they're all there. Table is set. No food. And. We have a little package of chiles. Four chiles? <laughs> and she's like, what? Don't just the chile and nogada. Right here, the chile and nogada. They're like, no, es un plato de un restaurante. And we're like, oh, oh. we didn't get that. <laughs> so, so we felt pretty bad. <laughs> we felt really bad. We did. But then the next weekend, a friend of Rosie, the young, the youngest daughter, yes. again, that we talked about, the state was Senora. She spent one whole day fixing that dish. And teaching us how to make chiles in Ogales. Teaching us how to make, and yes. it is so complicated. But great. I mean, but now great. I'm great. I know why Senora ordered it, and yeah. apparently Puebla was, had the best chiles in Ogales. <laughs> I mean, it was just one step after the other yeah. step after oh, yeah. the other step, yeah. all fresh ingredients. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we were humbled. We were very humbled. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, then once we ate it, we knew why. And it's like my favorite dish, all-time dish. I've had it a couple of times in the States. I'll take a chance well, yeah. at a restaurant. I've never had it except there. Well, there's only one. I was at, uh, I think, uh, a restaurant called uh, Chamayo in Santa Fe. And they had it, and they brought it out. But it was so much smaller than what we had had at yeah. Senora's. And then um, I had had it. Where else? There was a place I took a chance, like in San Antonio. Just it just wasn't the same. Uh-huh. And I remember I would say to people when I was teaching, "What's your favorite deals?" And I go, "Well, it's it's chiles en nogales." And they'd like, and I said, "I only eat it in Mexico. I don't eat it in the United States, which sounds you know so mm-hmm. elitist and snotty." But it was just because it wasn't mm-hmm. the same. And they're like, "Oh, you should go to this restaurant and try it." And I was like, "I would be nice and go, oh, okay." But I'm knowing you, there was just no wow. replacing them. Well, we saw it made in that. Oh. Kitchen. Yeah, it was, it was just yeah. beautiful. It's, you know, big giant chiles. It's yeah. got like pork and raisins and apples and onions. See, and that's what got all me. All kinds of the stuff. raisin thing. Yes, the sweet with the pepper. Uh huh. And yeah. the pork. And the, yeah. And, the pork. and then it had. It looks like they took it and they cooked it in uh, like egg whites. You yeah, know, the batter right. on that's, top of the chiles. Right. And then there's even a sauce that they yeah. used. I and mean, and the sauce took forever. So. It's a really wonderful dish, you know, if it's made correctly, but anyway. But I don't see how in the world a restaurant could ever make a profit on it because it's know. too hands. Too, yeah, yeah it's too, too much. Yeah. All right. So, um, so I guess what we're saying is yeah. go, go to one of those language schools yeah. and, and yeah. go there consistently that you yeah. really become 
not not so much just outside the culture, but get in it. And become part of it. And become part of it. And you know what? I really, I mean, how many times have we been to Spain? So many times taking kids. Yes, But I never had that experience. When you live with a family. You can't compare. You can't compare. No, you cannot. So if if you ever can get, even with kids, if you can get them into programs where they actually live with the family, family. it's a lot more beneficial. It is. That's what we call living the language, which is what we really did. Yeah. And, and, you know, we didn't even realize how beneficial it was. And we we also were able, and I don't know if you've mentioned this on your podcast or not, Susan, but uh, we uh, even were able to get with a group of uh, beautiful indigenous ladies Mm -hmm. that made beautiful purses and uh, backpacks and the embroidery embroidery and whatnot. And we were able, Susan and I presented quite a bit. We did. And we took these products. We did. When we uh, presented and we sold them for this consortium. We did. And, um, what a good feeling to help I, those those. I still use my little bags. I have it. I, I have one in my, my makeup pro- bag, my pencil bags. I still too. use them to this day. Yeah, and we were able to um, help them to right. help them, yes. and we even got Chihuahua bat shirts. Sure. They did them for us. They did them for us, and yeah. we used to give them as gifts to people in right. our. Uh, seminars exactly you know we would and uh, of course we gave a bunch to our students too of course we did we did and um, but that was one I would say wonderful thing that happened to us in in our experiences there we were able to help help them out Uh yeah and then uh, have you and you talked about Josefa right well yes and uh Josefa which now if you see Josefa oh my gosh what they've done to the school but um when it opened um, Cheryl and I volunteered to go up and uh, teach and so at school would end about one and then we would grab snacks and we would get on the ruta right to go up to the school and and we thought it was cool to volunteer to teach the children yes. in the language and many of them spoke uh, Nahuatl which was yes. an indigenous language so they didn't even know Spanish so it's like okay we'll learn together yeah. um, but when you and, and Josefa was very remote. Yes. And uh, so, and we, we knew that, and we were warned that we would, you know, take the certain ruta, and uh-huh. it would go from Cuernavaca to a suburb called Sibac, which was very industrial, mm-hmm. and then even past Sibac, we would get on a very bumpy, bumpy dirt road yeah. to make it into yeah. um, where the school was. And so, we... Now, you know, in Cuernavaca, the first school was Tatik. Yes. But that was a well-oiled machine. And so they tried, this is the Vamos program that was kind of sponsoring this. And so then they were reaching out and they were going out rural to reach these children who would not have any access to education at all. And the deal was these indigenous children walk with their parents on the street. They were vendors. Yes, they were. But. Most of the parents would let their kids come off for a couple hours during siesta. They would let them off the streets. And so that was the population. That was our time. That was our time. And so Josefa, when we we got on the ruta, 
And uh, we were warned you have to get back on at 6.30 because nothing comes out there. That's right. After 6.30. So you're staying out there. So there we are. And we're riding on the ruta. And it's like, you know, three or four people to a, a bus seat and crowded. And sometimes you're holding people's children. And there we are going out there. Now, Mala gets car sick a lot. So <laughs> the bumpy rides are never good. So we're going around Sivak and you know, you can see what the Toyota plant, what oh. was down there with some oh, yeah. around the rum plant, yeah. you know. Good year. Yes, you name it. It was very industrial and they had these huge wooden crates, you know, and we didn't quite get it when we first saw the crates, but then once we left civilization and we got on that dusty dirt road. Right, a lot of rocks. Oh my God. And Poverty. I mean, I thought yeah. I knew what poverty looked like. No. I had cardboard no idea. Cardboard boxes. Cardboard boxes. These big refrigerator boxes or these big crates. That's right. That And people were living in them. And mm-hmm. as you're riding on the bus, I mean, you're maybe three or four feet from somebody's That's home. Right. And That's there's right. mothers are nursing their babies and making tortillas at the same time. Right. And, you know, when the bus would stop, you know, I'd be like, I, I can't. You know, it was like I was just intruding into their yeah. personal time and and uh i remember we uh we uh, befriended a little girl named florenciana and i think i don't know if it was you you had i had said so you know what okay when it rains what do these people do in the cardboard box and yeah. do you remember you tell me about how they they just dig a trough and yeah, let the do. water run under it yeah. and i was like and they always are clean clean and happy and mm-hmm. so yeah you know, we drive through that and just think, oh, my God. And then the bus would stop and we'd be looking out. And then we <laughs> and that driver's like, no, arriba. And we'd look way and way on top. It was a mountain to us. Yeah, it was. Was Josefa, this little cinder block school. And I think we just sat there and went, oh, my God. And, and I was like, so how do we get up there? And he's like, sube, sube. You just climb on up. So. Right. Off we go, climbing yeah. <laughs> up there. I was so out of breath. And uh, we got used to it, though. Well, you forgot to mention that oh. we brought crayons and scissors. Oh, and tracing paper, and tra- right? Right, and, and yeah. coloring books. books. And we, we did bring supplies because this school supplies. had nothing. nothing. And I can remember seeing families, like, carrying tables and chairs. So this yeah. was literally a cinder block room which right. I could relate to because I'd already been in one of those and nothing in it and then the families would bring their own tables and chairs right. and then no water no electricity none of that so we definitely had to do daytime hours right. and you never knew how many anywhere from 50 to 96 kids would come all ages all sizes all grades all levels and so they had two volunteers that went out there regularly. And then we, you know, when we went down in the summers, of course, we volunteered and um, to help them out. But I, I, the most refreshing thing for me was that there would be these groups of kiddos, you know, uh-huh. and it would be like, well, this group needs letter recognition and this group needs more writing skills. That group back there is older. They're working on math because uh-huh. math was important if you were selling on the streets. Right. And so, and it was just kind of like, okay, so go sit down and have fun with them. And we were like, wow, wow we get to be real teachers without, exactly. without a curriculum yeah. we can actually yeah. think. Yeah, and, and no tests, so to speak. I often yeah. remember people going, well, how did you know they learned? And I said the most rewarding thing was to see those kids down in the market, you know, back in Cuernavaca, and see them interacting with 
right the american tourists and making change and actually kind of learning what to say that's right yeah and i said we didn't need a test we watched them yeah exactly we watched the learning so i thought that was and one thing the language schools do down there and i just love this susan Mm -hmm. is they ask every student coming from a a country to bring vitamins yes and so those vitamins were brought to little schools like this Mm -hmm. they were uh, give it, put in put in the water. Put in their juice. In their juice, right? So just to yeah. build them up a little. Yeah, bit. because this was the school would we would play with them for what about an hour? Then they'd get a little bit of recess time. Of course, you know there was nothing for them to do on top of the hill, but they'd run around and play. And then they would fix them like a caldo, a soup and a juice. And, and, and juice. for many, this was the only food they got. And tortilla with a tortilla, and, and then. Tortilla. We had learned that, you know, they had been giving the children vitamins and sending them home, uh-huh. but the parents quit giving it to them because it would increase their appetite. Oh, that's right. That's right. So they this. had to hide it in the juice. Yeah, because they didn't want them. Yes. Feed them. They couldn't feed them. No. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, whatever we gave them oh, at the school. Remember that? They yeah. had to hide them in the juice. And that's and why. do you remember when they're doing their hands? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a bucket. Yeah. of water with sulfur in it, right? Yeah, right. And one white towel that started out white. And yeah. the little children would put their hands in the water and then they'd wipe it on the towel. And the next one would come. Can yeah. you imagine nowadays with yeah. the pandemic? Yeah. And by the end, that poor towel was no longer white. It was, right. it was just amazing. But anyway, I just remember it was so fun teaching the kids, you know, just sitting in circles and teaching them and reading books and bless their heart. And they were so excited about learning. Oh my gosh. They loved it. And um, we did tracing paper and map pencils because crayons would melt and they would trace the pictures in the books because Uh they couldn't afford to buy a bunch of books and tracing paper was real cheap. So that's how they, you know, okay. could make their resources wow, go farther than that. Than I, do. I don't know why it must be a good day. So anyway, yeah. But that was the most humbling, I would say, for me because I remember the the first time we were leaving, they all got together. Remember, they clapped their hands and they sang a song and they praised God. Yeah. For us, and they pointed to us, and we were like, oh, "We're not, yeah. we're not the heroes." And I remember yeah, and we, I we got on the bus to them. them. Yes, and so we just were very thankful. And we, you know, walked down the got on the bus, and I remember. I mean, I teared tears. I mean, we Me were too. just, oh my God, just so humbled. That yeah. how grateful they were that we had come to teach them. We thought, you know, back home, our kids are like, you know, do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So anyway. Senora, I don't have a pencil. Well, writing blood. It's yeah, okay. really? really? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I, Make it work. Make it, it work. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so Cuernavaca just really recharged our souls and uh, it rebuilt our enthusiasm because it's so hard to keep your enthusiasm yeah. all year long. So I guess, you know, the moral to this Podcast is over spring break. Go run away, have fun. That's right. Decompress, find your new energy. And I think that, uh, and we've always thought, you know, when you can help others, you always feel a whole lot better about yourself. That's that's true. Anyway, well, we've had fun today. We talked a little bit longer than we normally do because I actually have Mala with me. Um, No telling if she'll be back. I don't know. And I have to say, we're both about to get our second, you know, COVID shot. So I can actually venture out and start talking to some of my teachers who haven't had a chance to tell their stories yet. So I'll get back on 
on that storyline. But anyway, thanks for joining us. You know, if you have any questions, you can message me. And we always like to tell people to have, have a, a chihuahua, chihuahua bat day. day.